Welcome to So Here's the Thing, where we share candid conversations that lift the veil on what it takes to find success, even if that means sharing a few unpopular opinions. I'm your host, Leili Amati. Grab some coffee or a cocktail, and let's get real. Hello, friends. I am so excited to introduce you guys to one of my dear friends, Laura Neff of Laura Lee Creative. She is incredible. She, similarly to myself, is a multi-passionate creative entrepreneur. We always joke that our lives are just constantly in shambles. That's such a joke. It's not. (laughs) But we take on a lot of different things at one time. And so when Laura wanted to talk to you guys about creating a step-by-step process for workflows and systems in your business so that you can get your life back, I knew that she was the one to bring on to talk about this because she and I both juggle so many things and we know just how important it is to have really great workflows in place. And so I'm pumped to talk to her, but before we have her kind of take us through her step-by-step process, I want to give Laura the chance to introduce herself to you guys and to tell you why she's so passionate about workflows and systems. So thank you, Laylee, so much for having me. I'm pumped to finally be on the podcast. And I feel like this has been something we have talked about for so long, and I'm glad that we're finally making it happen. So thank you for having me here. As she mentioned, you guys, I am such a multi-passionate entrepreneur. I am an entrepreneur at heart. I love being creative, but I also love coaching and educating others and speaking and just there's so many things. So I started my photography business back in 2013 doing wedding and brand photography for creative entrepreneurs. And in 2015, I quit my job at a photo studio. So I was a designer, then went to a photo studio and then went full-time with my photography business. So it was October, 2015, and I was drowning in both editing at the studio and running my wedding business. And I burnt out hardcore. And I know lately you are also no stranger to burnout. And this really set me on the path to trying to figure out how to work smarter, not harder, and really find balance while running a business. And so I quit my job. I thought I was going to have all of this time back. I was like, wow, I'm gaining 40 hours of work time plus at least 16 hours of commuting every week. I'm going to have so much time. And the reality was I just burnt out. I was 20 sessions behind on editing and calling and blogging. And like, well, you can forget about blogging. I was not blogging at that point. And (laughs) I was just trying to really keep my head above water. And I just felt like I was on this hamster wheel that was never going to end. And in my eyes, this was not why I started the business. I really started a business because I wanted freedom. And so I set out to create some systems from my mom's guidance. She was actually an office manager at a dentist office. And she was like, you need some standard operating procedures and you need some systems. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just so creative. And I was like, explain. So she showed me what an SOP was, which was her dentist office standard operating procedures. And I was like, yeah, cool, cool. I can, I can create something like that. And then maybe you can help me. And so I sat down at my dining room table and created my first workflow, which looking back at that workflow is a little comical um, to what it has transformed into now, but it really catapulted balance and freedom and more fulfillment in my life and business because 
you know, as much as I nerd out about workflows and systems, it's the life part that I like. So they give you freedom, they give you time. And for me, they gave me time to explore other passions that I didn't know I had. So I, I always say I am somebody who accidentally became an educator. I was never at this point where I'm like, okay, I've totally made it in my photo business. So now let me just start teaching. It was completely face first on accident. I started creating workflows and systems. Nobody in the creative industry, I feel like had ever heard of that before. CRMs did not have workflow tools. There were barely CRMs when I started. CRMs for creatives, I should say. Like HoneyBook wasn't a thing when I started this. And um, I know that's what Laylee and I both use. And so I was just kind of creating from scratch here. And people are like, oh, um, wait, can you create me a workflow? All of a sudden you're so productive. Can you create a system for me? And I was like, uh, sure. So I remember going to Starbucks with a few friends back in pre-COVID days, getting to see people face to face and being like, let's create a workflow. Oh, you're a husband and wife team. Let's create a workflow for both of you and create a system. And so people started messaging me like, oh my gosh, you changed my marriage. You completely changed my life. I feel like I'm a better mom now. I'm serving my clients better. And I was like, huh, okay, well, that's awesome. Maybe I'm on to something. And it got to the point where I had like five random one-on-one clients from Tuesdays together, all asking for the same thing. So I was like, maybe I should create a product. So that kind of launched me into the education space completely on accident and I hired a business coach and that was five years ago and now here we are and so now I would say people give me the title of like queen of workflows and systems of the creative industry which I will happily wear on my head um, that will crown and I just love that what I do allows people to have more time with their family and their kids their spouses their friends more time to explore other passions and love on their clients well. And it's just this domino that just keeps going and giving and it's amazing. So that's, that's my story. I love that. I mean, I, I know that we're in a unique position because we know each other. So I knew all of this about you, but it's so fun to hear it all like in a nutshell kind of come together because I just know how passionate you are about creating that freedom for entrepreneurs. And I think that anybody who's listening to this will probably relate to the feeling of like, we love what we do and we want to be able to do what we love. But at the end of the day, we're doing, the reason we do any of this is so that we can have a life that we love. And I think it's really easy to like forget that that part of it needs to be at the forefront of our minds. Um, I especially think it's really easy to forget that when we're in the building stage of actually building up our businesses to be profitable, to be successful, um, to be impactful. And so it's really easy to forget that like the purpose behind all of it, aside from the purpose in our work is to be able to live and enjoy our lives with the people that we love. So that's awesome. Okay. So I am so pumped because you know this about me, but I love Mm -hmm. being able to follow like actual guidelines and steps. And you're the same way, obviously. So I'm thrilled to hear your step-by-step process for creating workflows. (laughs) I know you told me that there were eight steps. And when I heard eight, I was like, dang, that's going to be awesome. My listeners are going to love this. So grab a pen and paper or visit our show notes to keep track of all of this. But 
I'm going to let you like kick us off with your first step in creating workflows in your business. Perfect. Okay. So as a little precursor to the first step, I want to explain what a workflow and a system is and is not. Um, I have so many people say, I just thought workflow was a couple of emails that I send my client. No incorrect. Um, Your workflow is also not the pipeline that you see on top of your CRM. In So like if you were a HoneyBook user or Dubsado or I think even 17 Hats, there's this little pipeline on your home screen that says inquiry, follow-up, second follow-up, consultation, paid. Like that's a pipeline and like milestones, but it's not your workflow. Workflow is not your calendar. A system is not necessarily a piece of software that you have to pay for. A system is a repeatable way of doing things. And a workflow is a step-by-step process for everything on the front client-facing side of your business. So that includes all the emails you need to send and the questionnaires and the client gifts and the client meetings, but it's also all the backend stuff. So I'll probably use examples with photography because that's what I do, but I help all creatives create workflows. We create like done for you customized workflows for creative entrepreneurs. So across the board, this process will work for any type of service-based business owner. And even if you're a product-based business owner, you might just need to tweak a little of the steps, but it'll also pertain. So we've kind of done this for probably 20 different types of business owners at this point. But yeah, so I just wanted to precursor that, that um, this will also work on any free or paid system. So it can be used on Trello, Asana, ClickUp, HoneyBook, Dubsado, 17 Hats. So this is not a one system process. So that beside us. Um, The first step is really a big rock outline of all of the milestones that your business goes through from the second a client inquires on your website all the way through delivering your product or service. So this is going to be really matching pretty closely to that pipeline in your CRM. So for example, I always say step one is writing out the table of contents of your process. So you might have the inquiry chapter, you may have a booking chapter, or maybe you have a consultation chapter, onboarding. For me, I then have pre-engagement session planning, engagement shooting, engagement post-production, pre-wedding, wedding wedding shooting, post-wedding, album design, and then maybe in-person sales or virtual person sales during 2020. So we have all of these different chapters and that's really step one. And I feel like if people create workflows, that's like where they stop. (laughs) And I'm like, no, there's so much more that goes into this. So that's really our first, first step is writing out the milestones. And I do this because when people sit down to try to create workflows, which I feel like is the last thing on everybody's to-do list because they just can't wrap their head around where to start. It's really overwhelming, especially if you're a service-based business owner who works with clients for 
a year plus, you're like, I don't, I, I kind of know what I do, but how do I even map this out? There's so many things. So this step one is really going to help you because you're going to essentially create these little micro workflows within each stage of the process. And it'll just help you map out this big 12 month to sometimes even 24 months of working with somebody down into these little chapters so that it becomes less overwhelming. So that's our step one. And then step two is filling in all of these chapters. So I always say, and I already mentioned that there's a front end and a back end to every workflow, but they can all go in the same thing. So there's 12 things really that every workflow includes, one of them being email templates, questionnaires that you send your clients, um, you will have client gifts if you are loving on them with a client experience. You'll have meetings. You will have tasks, which are generally going to be back-end things. So for me, a task would be to cull the photos, to edit the photos. So those are action items I have to do. You're also going to have subtasks, which we can talk about if you want to. Um, and then you're going to end up having due dates and really all these different things that are going to make up both the front and back end. So what you're going to do is take every single chapter. So we have our inquiry chapter, for example, and you're going to fill it in with every task, email, questionnaire, meeting, client gift, everything that you have to do in that little chapter. So you're really just plugging in the chapter with all of the content that needs to happen. So that's our step two is just starting to really build it out. And I always say like steps one through four is really the building phase. So if eight steps overwhelms you, it's kind of four steps with part one being a four step process. <laughs> so like here's my sneaky way to simplify. It's actually only four. So we're really just filling in the chapters. So I'll give a little bit of another example for that. So if you were a photographer and your chapter that we were mapping out was planning for the wedding day, you might have tasks and emails and all of that that would include sending a wedding day questionnaire with an email that their questionnaire is inside, a vendor questionnaire, receiving the responses, creating a wedding day timeline, a family formal list, sending an email with everything for approval, reaching out to introduce yourself to vendors. So there's all these things that make up this part of the process. And as you can see, when even just mapping out that one little section is so much less overwhelming and helps you forget less things when you're doing it by chapter instead of just this one big, huge, overwhelming piece of system for your business. So that's really step two. Super easy. And if you are not sure where to start, you're already doing most of these things. Well, a lot of people might not be sending enough emails or questionnaires or communication with their clients. So that's something that I'm super passionate about is just giving a really, really good experience and making your communication proactive. But most people are doing all of the tasks and their workflow is just in their head and that's not helpful because other people can't help you and you might get inconsistent and the busier you get, the more things fall through the cracks or you show up to a session without batteries or memory cards or something like that because you didn't 
have it written down and it was busy season. So that's really our step two. Um, and if you have any questions, I can keep going, but, um, no, yeah, you can totally keep going, but I do think it's worth mentioning. Like, I think that these couple of steps is so important if you've never done it before, because I do think that so often people are just running through what's in their memory and what they like, they're like, oh, well, I know that now I have to send this email. Let me go search through my inbox to find, instead of having like true templates, they go and like copy paste something that they sent to their last client, no matter what it was. Mm -hmm. And then they, you know, tweak from there instead of having like true templates in place and having true processes in place, they just kind of go off of what they remember doing for the last person. Yeah. So I, I totally 100%. agree that like, even if you feel overwhelmed by the concept of eight steps, do the first two, like see what happens. Yeah. And that's where everybody stops. And when we, when we go through the whole eight steps, I'll kind of give you an analogy because uh, I think real life analogies really bring this concept home, but I'll continue and then I'll, I'll wrap it up in a little bow for everybody. So step three is now, assigning due dates to every single thing that we just wrote down. And when you're looking at this whole list, so we've now made our chapters and our milestones, and then we've filled them in. You don't at this point need to be writing every single email template or creating every questionnaire. We can do that in the future. Right now, we're literally just creating a checklist from the second somebody inquires through your contact form all the way through delivering your final service of your contract promises. So our step three is giving a due date to every single task. And this is really essential for when you start to automate things in your CRM. So if you're using any type of CRM, if you're not, get on one. Um, Lately and I both use HoneyBook, but your CRM is going to require every task, email, and questionnaire to have a due date. And there are essentially the way I teach it is there's two different types of due dates. There's independent due dates, which means it can happen on its own, no matter if something else happens or not. And there are dependent due dates, dependent meaning one domino falls and the next couple fall after it. So for me as a photographer, I can't edit the photos before I import them into Lightroom. So that's something that Domino one needs to fall and then the rest of post-production can happen. But an independent due date would be like send welcome gift. Ideally, I'm doing it, you know, a week after they're signing their contract, but maybe it's busy season and I don't have time to go to the post office. And so maybe it's happening a month later. So I always put those things towards the very end. So they're just like all these independent things at the end of my checklist. And so what I do is I go through and I figure out, all right, is this a domino? What needs to happen first? And where does this happen in relationship to the project date? So that's what your CRM is going to ask you. It's going to say, is this happening before the project date, after the project date, after the contract gets signed, or is it a after previous step is complete, which is our domino method. So that's really step three. And that I think is where people get really tripped up with workflows because they just don't know when these things should be happening. And I know a lot of people have a difficult time wrapping their brain around this technological aspect of it. But my best advice would just be to test and see. And if you really struggle with doing this on paper, you can 
call up a friend or Zoom with a friend and just be like, I need to outward process what I do. And then that's honestly how I created my first workflow. It was my friend Austin. She was a web and brand designer. And I was like, we need to get you streamlined. And I was like, just word vomit to me what you do and I'll take some notes. And we were uh, shooting a wedding together in Dominican Republic and we were in the hotel room just like working on workflows because that's so fun to do when you're at Dominican Republic. Um, and she was just like, okay, yeah, like I know what I do, but it's not in the system. And so she kind of just processed things verbally to me. And I was like, all right, this sounds like your due date. And so that's something that you can process out with a friend on a call or like, obviously I can also help you with that, but that's our step three. And then step four is a very simple one. And that is figuring out who does what on your team or if it can be outsourced. So this is where I like to bring in my, my color coding pen fascination or color coding my Google Docs. So I'll just go through, assign every person or contractor, every person on my team or every contractor, I'll just assign a color to them and I'll go through and be like, all right, send and create email, that's Laura. Send follow-up, that's Laura. Have consultation, that's Laura edit wedding, that's so-and-so, blah, 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 blogging, that's so-and-so. So you're just going to go through one step at a time and say, yep, this is me, or this is somebody else, or you can even like future pace here and be like, okay, right now this is me, but this is something that I can hand off in the future. So those are our first four steps, and I know I said I would put this in a little bow, so this is really our build stage. So if we're looking at this whole process as a whole, we have build, and then we have streamline, then we have automate, and then we have scale. So right now we just went through build. So as a recap, we mapped out all of the stages or the milestones, our chapters of our workflow. We filled them in, we gave everything a due date, and then we figured out who does what. So build stage is complete. And if you have any questions, let me know, or I can hop into the streamline phase. I love that. No, I think that's, those are all such great suggestions um, and great. I mean, I love, I love the concept behind all four of those steps. I do think like one thing that's worth mentioning is if the tech does overwhelm you, like Laura mentioned, what I did was I actually used, like I kicked it so old school and I used post-its and a blank wall. And I like, was able to track mm -hmm. a little bit better because I'm just a visual person. And I'm also like, yep. I like textile things. So like I wrote out every single step and I, I started the process that way. And then I, I moved all of that onto like the digital life and the technological version. Yes. But uh, if you feel like, oh my gosh, it's so overwhelming, start simple, grab some post-its and a Sharpie, move some things off your wall and, and get to get to breaking stuff down that way. And then I'll let you continue on with your next step. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I think that's such a good mention because everybody's brains work differently. Some people might be like Google doc, got it. I get the concept. Some people might want to do a Trello board and map it out or post-its or a piece of paper in a list or something like that. So just knowing the way you learn and the way you absorb things and put things into action is just such a valuable tool in life. Um, especially if you're ever working on a team, just knowing how you work best and how you work best with others is crucial. So love that tip. So build phase complete. Now we go into the streamline phase and this is where we get into 
making every single thing efficient. And now to this point, we have every single task, subtask, email, questionnaire written out in really just a checklist form. It's a, if we were viewing a Google Doc right now, it would be a checklist that said send wedding questionnaire email or whatever and send wedding questionnaire questionnaire. And so now we need to make everything efficient, which means we're going to go through and we're going to highlight everything that we can create a template for, an automation for, a process for. So if you have a task that says like schedule a consultation with client, you can make that more efficient by using something like Calendly, Acuity, the HoneyBook scheduler, Dubsado scheduler. So we don't want to go back and forth five times to schedule a meeting with somebody. We want technology to do all this heavy lifting and all the minutiae or minutiae, I don't really know how to say that word, but we want as many different technological help devices in use for us. So that's kind of part one is where can apps and automations help us make things more efficient? And then part two is just making sure everything has a template. So for me, I actually have 110 email templates that are in my shop, but about 50 of them are in my workflow. So I think people underestimate how much communication they actually have with service-based clients. And people are like, oh my gosh, 50 emails, that's crazy, but it's actually not when you're working with people for 18 months. So some of them might be, you know, they might not all get sent, but I have three follow-up emails. If people don't answer the first initial email, I have follow-up after the consultation. I have any time I'm working on something or have completed something. So like your blog is up. I don't want them to find out from scrolling on Facebook that their wedding blog is up. So I email them and I say, your blog is up. Um, all of my vendor communication emails are in that workflow and that whole bundle and everything. And so I'm really going through in this streamline phase and figuring out and writing out all the templates. I'm also creating all the questionnaires, any Google Sheets that I need to create. And so this is just the number one goal of this phase is make this whole thing as efficient as possible, eliminate any manual things that can be done by technology, and then that is really our whole streamline phase. So efficiency is the goal. I love this. And I think that like this step is like where the magic happens and you start to get, like, get addicted to creating those workflows and systems because you start to actually see change in your business once you mm -hmm. start doing these things. And I'll also say 50 emails does sound like a lot, but if you think about it, you and you as a wedding photographer, you've got someone for 18 months. I could do a one-off, like one-on-one -on -one intensive coaching with somebody. And even in that, I'm sending probably 10 to 20 emails total from yeah. inquiry to follow up. And I mean, like you said, I might not use all 20, but like I have the templates in place of like, okay, so this person might have this question or this person needs this type of follow up. And so I do think that we, we as a whole, we underestimate the number of things that we do every single day. Yeah, absolutely. And there's crazy stats that have to do with email. It's like, the average American employee is spending three to five hours a day in email. And I'm like, how 
drastically? Can you cut down that time to actually focus on things that make you money when you are proactively sending emails? So that is my goal with email communication is how can I answer my clients' questions before they're asked? If I have a one-on-one -on -one coaching client, I have follow-up emails after, or like a one-on-one -on -one intensive more so. I have follow-up emails after the intensive date that's checking in on their progress. They are scheduled out. So if their intensive day was October 25th, then I would have one week after October 25th, send week one check-in, week two check-in, 14 days later. So super, super valuable to create all of these templates. And when people actually write it down, like you're either a, you're probably already sending them and you're just rewriting the script every single time or you're copying and pasting from your Gmail or like you said, a past client. You're like, I know I sent that to somebody or you're not sending them, which is actually hurting you a lot. So I think that there's this great analogy of that I came up with of going to two different restaurants. One is this five-star French restaurant where me and my husband literally went on our eight-year anniversary date and they had our water and wine filled at all times without us flagging them down. The menus were on the table ready for us. They surprised us with like dessert at the end. They were always coming over to check in to see how things were going and I relate that to a great client experience on the communication side of like they were always proactive and it's like you don't want your clients in this metaphor to be flagging down the waiter. You don't want to wait to answer their questions once they've already had to ask you. So even for you know planning a portrait session, I'm sending them a guide on what to wear before I get the text hey, what should I be wearing to this session? I'm freaking out. I'm looking at my closet. I don't know if anything works. Like you've already got the guide in your hands. So I think that's this really crucial part of client experience that people really kind of let fall to the wayside. And a lot of people are like, I don't want to be annoying. But from personal experience as a bride, not hearing from the majority of my vendors from when I signed the contract until two days before our wedding, I was like, um, I would really love to know what's going on and should I be creating a music playlist for you or are you going to do this or it's just communication there in my eyes can't be enough. Um, so that's our step five, streamline everything, create templates for everything. Um, and then one other really cool part of the build phase and this is why I love mapping out chapters of the workflow instead of just this one big whole workflow kahuna is figuring out where to add value to the client experience in every chapter. So in your inquiry chapter, what can you do to stand out? In your onboarding, how can you build no like and trust with your clients? In pre-wedding planning, and again, I know I'm using photo examples, but or wedding photography examples specifically, but hopefully this translates to your brain and thinking how this could happen in your service-based business of how can I give my client less stress during this process? Can I send a check-in email, a video text message just to check in and say hi? Can I send a gift? So there are so many ways we can add value to the client experience, and I think it's really important to have these different ways we do it. I always say there's like seven love languages of the client experience, um, and so I'm always trying to 
think of creative ways to give my clients love throughout every chapter of the workflow, and especially in that inquiry chapter, standing out, because I am in the New Jersey area, so I'm 30 minutes from the Lincoln Tunnel into New York City if you're not from here, and there are 5,000 photographers just registered on the knot within a hundred mile radius of me. So I need to be doing things to stand out in the inquiry process. And so that is, that's part of our build phase. That is just a fun thing that I forgot to mention. So we have now built and streamlined our workflow. And then from there we get the fun part, which is <laughs> probably everybody's least fun part, but it is automating everything. And really all this step means is taking what you have now created, all those templates, all of the steps, and putting it into your CRM or project management system. So this would be your HoneyBook, your Dubsado, 17 Hats, Tave, Sprout, ClickUp, Asana, whatever. Um, so you're just taking every single step Ideally, at this point, you're in a Google Doc or Word Doc format, and you're just going to copy-paste all of your email templates, all your questionnaires. You're going to build them out. You're going to go into the workflow tool of your CRM and just paste every single task in there with all the emails. And it's going to be this beautiful, magical thing that allows you to manage all of your projects at one time with ease because people don't realize the power of putting this into your CRM means every single day all you have to do is log into the task manager section of your CRM and it'll tell you across every single project literally even if you have 500 projects in here it'll tell you across every single project what you have to do on any given day it'll say it's time to send this email or you could have it automatically send it for you so all you have to do is hit view and edit the email looks good send ready to send the questionnaire, send. So your CRM will read the due dates in your workflow template based off of your project date and whatever automations you set up. And it'll just give you this comprehensive list across every single client that's in your CRM and say, okay, time to do this thing. You're blogging so-and-so today, but you're sending this questionnaire to so-and-so today. You're updating this website today for this portfolio, or you're sending this off for publication. So it'll literally tell you exactly what to do once all of this is mapped out. So that is our automate phase in a nutshell. And then our final phase, this is really optional, but recommended if you are trying to scale your business beyond just you or grow a team is writing out processes and this is standard operating procedures so if you're coming from a corporate world this is probably something you had to do when you onboarded to a new job or just any really any non-creative entrepreneur job I feel like has SOPs of some sort to onboard employees and train employees and so this is basically taking everything you do and either in video form, written form, or screenshot form, creating a process of how you do it. So your workflow is what you do and when you do it, your process and your system is how you do it. So I always say, if I gave my husband my workflow, he would know <laughs> like, okay, I'm calling the wedding one day after, but I don't need, what does that mean? what program am I using? How am I doing it? So I need to write it so that somebody who has never done it before can do it. And so my goal was that 
my mom, who is in her 60s, would be able to run this workflow for me if needed. So she doesn't. She does our bookkeeping and our album design, though, and has created all those processes. Um, but we hired an intern that was able to run and turn around an entire wedding on her own. She was not a photography major, had no background in photography. She interned for me. I gave her my memory cards. I gave her our process binder and I said, I just want to see how you do. Go. And within a week, she had the whole thing culled and edited and ready for blog, blog stomped, like everything because the process was there for her. So that is really our scale phase. And that's how you remove yourself from the day to day and allow other people to take on these tasks and projects in your business so that you can really focus on the things that make money or taking on more clients or just having more free time to spend with your family. So that's really the way to remove yourself from a lot of the business so that you can either grow it or you can just have lots of time freedom. So that's our fourth and final phase is the scale phase. I love that. I think that is probably so overwhelming to some people just to hear like, the concept of wanting to step away or, or be able to step away from your business and let somebody else step into the roles that you're currently doing. But I just want to offer some encouragement. If that freaks you out, like it's okay. That's probably a little bit down the line for you. Or if you're listening to this and you're like, Oh my gosh, I need to do this because I need time back. And I, I want to step away from the business. I want to step away from the day-to-day tasks. Like, this is awesome. This is, I felt like you gave so many clear steps that people can go back and re-listen to and jot down notes and actually take action on. So that is so great. Thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. You're welcome. And as a little real life analogy that I know I said I would kind of tie this up in a bow because people are like, Ugh, workflow, especially creatives. So they're like, systems, no nope, brain has shut off. I want you guys to imagine going on vacation and your vacation actually follows all of the steps that I just said. So if you were going on vacation, you hopefully would not just show up to the airport with an empty suitcase and be like, can I just have a ticket to anywhere, please? Like maybe at this point in 2020, we're there, but we (laughs) generally would be planning our vacation and packing for it. So there's really all these different milestones to our vacation workflow. We have planning, packing, the travel day, the vacation itself, travel home, and then like unpacking and laundry, which... It's just never gets done. Literally, my husband still has his suitcase from his trip in July to Colorado. It is now October, you guys. It's still sitting full in our bedroom. So clearly that phase is not getting done. But that's really the step one analogy to this process. And then obviously during the planning phase, you have all these tasks, all these subtasks. So you need to figure out where you're going, when you're going. So we have the due dates of like, okay, what days are we going on vacation? What days are we eating in this place or doing this excursion? Or, you know, maybe you're going to a place where you don't have due dates to things, but I think a road trip is a great example for it. Cause me and my best friend, we did all these national parks. So we had due dates of like, okay, we're going to be staying in this cabin and this camping resort on this day and then we're going to this national park on this day and we also had to figure out who was going to be doing what as far as the planning process goes because you obviously don't want two people booking your flights or two people booking your hotels and be like oh jk we have two reservations so that's really the build phase and then we also had that 
adding client experience or adding value to your clients. So I think that's the wow factor to your vacation of like, all right, what restaurants are we really going to splurge on? Or what are some experiences that we really want to do that might be above and beyond? Or it could be equivalent to going to the airport and the airline being like, oh my gosh, Laylee, you just got upgraded to first class. And you're like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. So how can we give our clients that experience? So that's really the vacation analogy for the build phase. And then the streamline phase is like, are you going to fly or are you going to take a train? Um, and so figuring out how to make your vacation as efficient as possible. And then automating, I always say, the automation is how you can go on vacation. And then the scaling phase is if your best friend saw your vacation on Instagram stories and you came home and they were like, oh, Laylee, this looked like literally the best vacation ever. I need to know where to eat, where to go, what excursions you did, what hotels you stayed at, how long to go for, what to pack, what season to go, how the weather was, tell me all of the things. And you're like, girl, I got you. I'm going to write out a whole itinerary and I'll give you this little blog post or little itinerary of every single thing we did so you can have the exact same vacation that is your standard operating procedure for your business. And that is what you can hand to your best friend for her to go on that extremely awesome vacation as well. And that is the real life analogy that hopefully we've all had a vacation or a road trip in our life that we can use for thinking about workflows and systems in our business. And they're like way more fun when you think of vacations. I love that. I mean, I am, I feel like maybe I'm not in the majority, but I'm like, I think it's fun just to talk about workflows, but I do, oh, but too. I will say I have been craving a good vacay. So, um, that, that helps too. That's awesome. Well, mm -hmm. we're going to link all of your information in the show notes, but I know that you have some educational resources as well. Like where can people find you? How can people work with you on this stuff? Yeah. So best place with all the links would probably be Instagram. So you guys can find me at, at Lauralee Creative. My website is also lauraleecreative.com and that will have links to everything. We're always doing new things, but currently we have a shop of resources for photographers. We have a course called Photography Workflow Mastery, which really walks through and it gives you access to all of our templates, emails, questionnaires, all of the things. Um, and if you're not a photographer, we do done for you workflows as well. So we've worked with across the board, every type of creative imaginable. Literally right now we're working with an Airbnb host, which is super cool. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'd consider you a creative entrepreneur, but you're a small business owner and this is super awesome. So really any type of service-based business owner, we create custom workflows for, and we actually do the implementation into CRM. So that's super fun too. So my team manages that, but all the things we're working on, fun new things with a a new brand that is not launched yet, but yeah, uh, follow along on Instagram and you'll see them all. <laughs> that's so great. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much, Laura. You're amazing. I can't wait for people to like dig in and start creating systems for themselves. Yes, me too. For show notes and resources mentioned on today's episode, head to so here's the thing podcast.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I'd love to read your review on iTunes. Thanks so much for listening and I'll catch you in the next episode.